Thank you, Peter. And uh, yes, what, a, what precious memories those are. And I think we made that trip to Israel just in time. <laughs> um, I am so grateful that we had that opportunity. And, uh, you know, we um, were each of us called by God to be a light wherever he's put us. It's what it means to be a missionary. It's what it means to be a Christian. We're called to be faithful where he's called us. And for us, that's Ukraine, but that doesn't mean it's Ukraine for everybody. Uh, you're called to be a missionary right where you're at. And that's why this passage that I want us to read uh, this morning in Mark chapter 9 uh, I, I'm going through a series with our little church in the village of Balki in southeast Ukraine where we minister. And uh, I'm going uh, through the book of Mark and just recently preached on, uh, on this passage. And I want to share it with you today and, and share a few thoughts that I believe not only apply to us as missionaries in Ukraine, but all of us as Christians wherever God's placed us to be faithful. And uh, this is a very familiar passage, the Transfiguration on the Mount. Um, and I want to read, uh, starting in verse 1, chapter 9, verse 1 in the book of Mark. And Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God present with power. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. And a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. Now, as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. As we read this passage of Scripture today, very familiar uh, account for all of us, I think. But um, I want you to remember in chapter 8, the previous chapter, what had just happened. Jesus had been talking with his uh, disciples at uh, Caesarea Philippi. You remember being there and seeing the uh, pagan um, altars and caves uh, that had been dedicated to the god Pan and to the other deities. And Jesus chose that place to reveal to his disciples that... Um, he was indeed Christ. He said, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say this, some say that. And then Peter said, but we know you're Christ, the son of the living God. And P uh, Jesus uh, blessed that and said, yes, and I'm going to build my kingdom and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And, and, but then he shocked them by saying something that they didn't expect to hear. He told them, as the Messiah, as the Savior, the Christ, I'm not going to do exactly what you think I'm going to do. I'm not going to swoop in and, and right every wrong immediately. I have to suffer first. I have to die. I have to be crucified and abused. I have to first become the atonement, the redeemer, before I can become the ultimate victorious Savior. 
And for the disciples, this was just more than they could comprehend. In fact, you can remember their response to that, even Peter's response. Ah, this can't happen. They were devastated. And so when we read about what's happening here in chapter 9, you have to understand that the disciples are traveling with Jesus and they're downcast. They're confused. Their whole world has been turned upside down. Everything that they thought they understood and knew has been, has been upended. And you know, I just want to encourage you before we look at these verses briefly today, I don't know what your life personally has been like over this last year, but you know, maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, there's a lot of things in my life that have been upended. There's a lot of things that have been disappointed, uh, disappointing to me. There have been things that have completely baffled me and confused me, and I don't understand what God's doing in my world, in my nation, in, in, in my personal life. I don't understand these things. I wish I had some answers. Uh, you know, maybe you face some, some devastations and disappointments. And I want to encourage you today to keep following Jesus. Because, you know, the disciples are following Jesus here, and they didn't realize that in just a few more moments, he was going to take them up to a mountaintop where things were going to get a lot clearer. Things were going to start making sense. You know, sometimes when we're in the valley and, and we're faced with difficult circumstances and things don't make sense, it's so easy to become disillusioned. But we have to keep following Jesus. We have to keep focusing on him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, as we sang today. That's what we are called to do, no matter what our circumstances, because his word is the same. It never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is our cornerstone. He is our foundation. And if we'll fix our eyes on him and keep following him, the moment is going to come when we'll get to that mountaintop and suddenly we're going to say, I see it now. I understand it. And, and Jesus said, now some of you standing here won't even taste death until you see that glory. And, and then he led um, some of his disciples to the mountaintop. And, and the first thing I notice here as we read this passage is, and this is the first truth that I want you to kind of take to your heart this morning. Christ led some of his disciples differently than he led others. Have you ever noticed that God leads some Christians differently than he leads others? Now that's hard for me sometimes because I sometimes look at someone else and they tell me about the miracle that they just experienced in their life. They tell me about the great things that God's doing for them and the vision that they saw or the dream they had or whatever else. I think, you know, I could use some of that right about now. Why isn't God giving that to me right about now? I could use some of those blessings in my life right now. Have you ever noticed that God leads his children differently? And, you know, I sometimes think about those other disciples that were still back in the valley. What about them? Couldn't they have used that encouragement up on that Mount of Transfiguration? I'm sure they could have. But Jesus leads us in different ways for his purposes. And we're called to trust in him and keep following him and have a faith that remains strong in him. Sometimes I hear the testimonies of others, even as missionaries. I read about this missionary and it seems like they're planting a new church every month and droves of people are becoming Christians and it's exciting. And I think, Lord, I could use some of that right here in Ukraine now, but I don't always see it happening. And sometimes 
I'm trying to be faithful, and Oksana's trying to be faithful. We're trying to serve the Lord, but we don't always see those, the fruit and the results. And yes, you know, God's giving us opportunities. You know, we, during these past um, months since we've seen you, years actually since we've seen you, you know, we've had many opportunities to serve and to be a light to people. Um, and I've shared with, these, with you in updates. And, you know, we, we have a playground in our little village. And we talked to the mayor about painting that. And so we painted this playground. And they were so touched by that. They knew that it, it was a church that had done that in the name of Jesus. We have a nursing home that we minister to. And, and uh, we, they don't even have air conditioning or anything like that. So in the summer, the poor people that we try to serve in this nursing home were just in sweltering heat. So we bought fans for all the... Um, with, with your support, we bought fans for all those uh, rooms at the nursing home, and they were so touched by that. We prayed with them and encouraged them, and uh, we try to be a light to them. You know, uh, during this COVID, the little clinic in our village didn't have even enough hand sanitizer or PPE masks and gloves and uh, all of those things that they needed, uh, even, even hospital gowns. And so we invested in a lot of that and we brought it to them and we prayed with them and these nurses were so grateful when we prayed with them and told them this is in the name of Jesus we're serving you and they were so thankful for that you know we have chaplains that are serving the soldiers on the front lines because these men are in danger as, as the conflict with Russia simmers and continues and uh, one of my friends Yuri is a chaplain I used to go to the front lines with him well I'm not able to do that as much now but he's still there as an official chaplain and, and we take a part of your support. We continually support these chaplains who are sharing the gospel with these, with these uh, young Ukrainian men. And so we're trying to serve in all these different ways. Like my uh, daughter told you, giving calendars out at Christmas time and tracks to all the businesses and to the schools around us. We do all of these things, but sometimes we don't see the results. And we don't know if, is this making any difference or not? And I sometimes wish I could see more of that, but I have to remember, and I want to encourage you to remember today, Jesus leads his disciples differently. Sometimes he lets them see the results. Sometimes he doesn't let them see. But we're all called to continue to be faithful and not weary in well-doing, because in due season we shall reap if we do not faint. And God gave us just a little glimpse of that even a couple of weeks ago. Diana and Delina were going to Zaporozhye, the city, uh, just about an hour and a half north of us, to some friends. And, and they were getting on the bus to go there. And I stepped on the bus and paid the driver and then got off the bus and went home to our village. And uh, a lady, an older lady, walked up to Diana on the bus there and said, Was that your father? And Diana said, Yes. And she said, I know who your family is. He's the pastor in our village in Balki. I know because a year ago, our neighbor's uh, house burned, the roof burned off their house. And your church took up an offering and, and you came and brought some Christian calendars and, and a, whole, a big sum of money and you blessed that family. And they were living with me at the time because I'm their neighbor and their house had burned. And when that man came home and brought that money in the calendar and showed his wife. I was with them and she cried. She was so touched by that. They were so touched. All of our neighbors are still talking about your church, about you Christians who did that. I mean, we have an Orthodox church in our village and we're all supposed to be Ukrainian Orthodox, but they never thought of doing anything like that. But you believers, you 
you showed us what Jesus is really like. You came and you did that. And we're still talking about it to this day. You know, that had been a year before. We did that, like we do a lot of things with our church and ministry, and never heard a thing about it. And I figured, well, you know, we're trying to do the right thing, but maybe it didn't make any difference. I had no idea that it had made such an impact in those people's hearts and lives. And, you know, God just gives us once in a while a little glimpse to show us that, you know, keep doing it. Don't stop being faithful. Even though you don't see your neighbors responding, even though you don't see your coworkers responding, don't stop being a light and a witness to them because Jesus is doing something. The Holy Spirit is doing something that we can't always see. So Christ led some of his disciples in ways differently than he led others. But the other thing I want us to notice here is, number two, that the transfiguration of Christ opened the eyes of these disciples to the reality of the spiritual world. You see, the disciples up until this time thought that the world that they saw every day was the real world. And suddenly, on that mount, they realized that the real world is something far, far more amazing and far greater than anything that they experience every day. The transfiguration of Christ opened the eyes of the disciples to the reality of the spiritual world. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, that we look not at that which is seen, but that which is unseen. For that which is seen is temporary, but that which is unseen is eternal. And these disciples thought that what they saw every day was reality, but really what they saw here on the mountain was the true reality. Jesus in his glory. And for a moment their eyes were opened and God wants us to see the spiritual world around us. He wants to open our eyes so that we'll see people the way he sees people. So that we'll see circumstances. We'll see that there's a spiritual war going on around us. You know, so often we look at people, for example, and, you know, there's that irritating coworker, or there's that, these students that are bullies, or there's these, you know, family members that get on our nerves, and there's this and that, and we see things from this earthly perspective, and God wants to open our eyes to the spiritual world so that we'll see things the way he sees things. Amen? That's what God's calling us to do. And, and as missionaries, our job, our calling, our privilege is to help people see the spiritual reality around them. And we have to first be able to do that ourselves. We have to first be able to see people the way God sees them. You know, in our village, there's, it's a poor village, and there's so many drug addictions and alcohol addictions, and we have people come to our church, and then they'll, they'll leave, and then they'll come, and then they'll leave, and, you know, it just seems like it's a never-ending story of, of people that have problems and, and never quite get right with God, and um, it's easy to see those people as just problems because, you know, they smell like you know, all of their addictions and they uh, have bad habits and they, um, they have all these issues and problems. And, you know, from a human perspective, they're not very pleasant people, are they? And, and, you know, it's just easy to see things from that perspective. And there's this one lady that would come to our church, Allah, her name was, typical of our village. I mean, she, she would come, she's been coming for years, off and on. And she would come and she would even come and repent 
And she'd pray and she'd cry, but you could almost count on it. Another, two weeks later, she's gone, and for months we wouldn't see her. And then she'd come back all sorry that she's back into her addictions and drugs and everything else. And then she'd uh, repent again and cry. And, and, and one even Ukrainian man told me, he said, Pastor Scott, you just need to tell Ali to either get serious about serving God or stop coming. She, she only comes when she needs something. And I said, well... I'm here because I need something. <laughs> and you know, I, I don't know, but I, I can't tell somebody to not, you know, I don't know what God's doing in their heart. We need to see her as a soul, as a never dying soul who needs Christ. And maybe the next time will be the time when, when, when she really makes a full surrender to Christ and he's able to deliver her. And you know, about a year and a half, or maybe two years ago, she came and again, she repented and she prayed and we prayed with her and encouraged her, Allah, Allah, trust in Christ. Give, give him all of your heart and, and we want to help you. And the next Sunday she came back and the next Sunday she, and then she came back another Sunday and then she was there for a couple months and she was growing and she wasn't going back to her addictions. She was getting victory in her life. And then she got baptized. When, when our daughter, Dasha and David got baptized, she was there in the Nipper River and I had the joy of baptizing Allah. And you know what? She's still today in Balki. She's in the church and she's growing and she's a, an important part of that church. You know what? We don't have a right to look at people from an earthly perspective. Our calling is, as Christians is to look at people the way God sees them with hope. And, and it's hard to do sometimes in this world, but that's what we need to pray. God, help me to be on the mountaintop and see things from the spiritual reality like they really are and not to be living with that valley vision. Help me to have your eyes now, did you notice number three? Peter's response was a desire to stay on the mountaintop. But God's desire was to prepare his disciples for service. I love how Peter is just typical Peter. Doesn't know what to say, and so he just blurts something out, right? And that's what Peter does. He, uh, he's up there, and he's like, Jesus, hey, this is good that we're here. Let, let's just stay here. Forget going back down into the valley. Let's build something for you, for Moses, for Elijah, and, uh, and we're just going to stay here because I love it up here on the mountain. I love it when I see the vision, when everything's clear, when everything's glory and, and beauty, and I like that too. But Jesus had different plans. Jesus blesses us. God blesses us not so that we can stay up on the mountain and soak it all in and enjoy it, but so that we can get back into the world and serve and minister and be a light. That's what he's called us as Christians to do. And so, even though Peter's response was a desire to stay on the mountain, God had a desire to prepare them for service. And, you know, God has blessed our family in so many ways. When we're with you and, you know, when you encourage us and pray for us, when you support us and bless us, we feel like we've been on the mountain. As Americans, we have privileges that, that a lot of Ukrainians don't have. And God wants us to use those blessings. And we're trying, and we want you to pray for us that we'll continue to be good stewards of those blessings so that we can take them down from the mountain and serve and minister in the valley. 
in Ukraine where God's called us to be. You know, we're Americans, and so um, we speak English, and everybody wants to learn English over in Ukraine, and that's an open door. We have a public school in the town next door where Oksana, next to our village where Oksana grew up. Uh, the, the school, one of the schools, there's three schools, and one of the schools uh, has an English club, and they invite us into the public school on a regular basis to talk with their English students. And especially they love it when we come on holidays like Easter and Christmas and other holidays. They, they want us to come. And, and Irina is the leader of this English club and she says, don't be afraid of talking about anything you want to talk. I know this is a public school, but if you want to pray with the children, you can pray with them. If you want to um, share from the Bible with them, you can do that. Tell them whatever you want, as long as it's in English, but talk to them. <laughs> because they just want English practice. And they are thrilled and we share with them and we talk with them and we pray with them. You know, it's a wonderful opportunity that we have because we're Americans, we've been blessed, and we can go into the public school and actually share with these young people who don't have at all any Christian background. We can share the love of Christ with them. You know, I've had the chance to visit Israel several times. That, what a blessing. Not everybody has that blessing. That's an amazing blessing. And you know, in Ukraine, people, even though it's not that far from Israel, people can't even fathom, and most people, going to Israel on a trip. And so, every time I'm in Israel, and Peter will remember this, I, I take little videos of me speaking in Russian, like by the Sea of Galilee, or uh, by the Western Wall, or on the Mount of Olives. And I've compiled an Israel, a Journey Through Israel seminar, where I talk to our churches in our region. In Russian, I, I share with them from places in Israel. And I, we visit churches, and they love it. They, these little babushkas come up to me and say, Pastor Scott, we'll never get to go there. It's always been our dream, but you are taking us there. You're letting us, you're talking to us from those places that we've only dreamt about and imagined. Thank you for giving us this chance. You know, I've been blessed We've been blessed, and so we can turn around and, and try to share that blessing with others. You know, Oksana has these ladies' teas that she talked about, and she loves to, you know, we can, God's blessed us. We can decorate the table with the little floating candles and things that ladies like, you know, and, and the, the, the nice napkins. And these ladies from the village come in, and they sit down, and oh, they've never experienced anything like this. They are so excited. And Oksana has everything all beautifully laid out there. And then she shares the word of God with them as, she, as they have fellowship and ladies' teas. It's wonderful because God's blessed us through you. We can then go into the valley and bless others others. You know, just recently she, um, it was, I guess, in March, she called her school teachers. You know, Oksana grew up in Niparudni, the town next to our village, and she called all of her retired school teachers that she could get a hold of. And she, these are elderly pensioners, retired school teachers. They're very poor, but Oksana contacted them. She sees them once in a while at the market, but she said, I want to get all of you together and take you out to a beautiful restaurant for Women's Day, and we're going to have a special lunch together. And, and our girls joined Oksana, and they there's only one little restaurant in, our, in that town. And, and a lot of these ladies didn't even know where the restaurant was because they can't even dream of ever going to a restaurant. But Oksana bought them a beautiful meal 
everything and more that they could ever imagine. And they sat down in the little room there, and Oksana prayed with them. She talked to them about how Jesus Christ has changed her life and how grateful she was that those teachers, when she was a little girl, invested in her life. And those teachers... They were so grateful. They were so touched by that. Some of them cried. They couldn't believe that Oksana had done this for them. And it was a witness. It was a light. We were able to put the gospel in their hands and in their hearts. And you know, folks, when God blesses us, he wants us to look for ways to go from the mountain and, and to be a blessing to others. And I believe that everyone in this sanctuary today has been blessed by God in some way. And you can, with God's help, be a blessing to someone else around you. That's what it means to be a missionary. And so Jesus encouraged these disciples to go from the mountaintop into, back into the valley and be a blessing. Now, God brought these disciples. Here's the fourth moment I want you to see. God brought these disciples to the mountaintop to show them the supremacy of Christ. You see, the voice that came from the mountain didn't say, this is Moses, check him out. This is Elijah. Listen to him. No, the voice said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. The disciples on the mountain saw the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And our calling as Christians is not to point to ourselves. It's to constantly point to Jesus Christ and to show the world his supremacy that without Jesus Christ, people are living empty lives. They're living lives that, that, aren't, that are existing but not experiencing true eternal life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is eternal life, that they may know Jesus. Unless you know Jesus, unless you have a relationship with him, you're not really experiencing life. You're certainly not experiencing eternal life. And that's why Jesus took them to the mountain to experience that. And, and what a joy it is for us as missionaries when we see people realize that Jesus should be the center of their lives and their eyes are open to the difference that he makes just in this past uh, time since we've last been in your church, there was another lady that we were ministering to. Her sister, Larissa, has been coming to our church for years. Wonderful Christian lady. But um, Larissa's husband, Anatoly, passed away a few years ago. And he was, I was able to pray with him just before he, a few weeks before he passed away, and he gave his heart to Christ, and we saw a transformation happen in Anatoly's life. And Larissa was so grateful that God answered her prayer, but she was also praying for her sister, Valentina, because Valentina would mock Larissa about her Christian faith. You know, Valentina grew up during the Soviet Union, and, you know, religion is for the weak and for the elderly and for the, the, the poor, and, you know, it's not for... Um, for educated people. And Valentina would mock Larissa about that, but she saw the difference that Jesus had made in Larissa's life. And then she saw what happened in Anatoly's life, her brother-in-law. And I remember as I began to interact with Valentina, as Oksana began, we began a friendship with her through Larissa and Anatoly, she began to warm up a little bit. And Larissa would say, she doesn't make fun of me as much anymore. She doesn't laugh at me like she used to mock me. And I remember the day when Valentina came to church 
And uh, just maybe two years ago, she, she came into our church, and, and I remember her listening to my sermons and talking with us afterward. And then I will never forget the day when she came and she repented of her sins. And in tears, she gave her heart to Jesus Christ and said, I want to turn my life around, and I want Jesus to give me a new heart and a new life. And, you know, she's been growing. I had the joy of baptizing her in the Nipper River along our village there, and I had the joy of seeing her grow. And to this day, uh, Valentina puts me to shame. She memorizes scripture. She loves the word of God so much. And I'm not talking about verses. She memorizes whole chapters of scripture. And you know what she'll testify and what she'll say? She'll say, I just wish that I would have known that Jesus should be everything. I wish I would have known that earlier. I wish I would have understood that earlier because now everything is different in my life. Everything has changed. My perspective has changed. You know, God has made a difference in Valentina's life because, because Jesus became the center And that's what God wants to do through us, through each of us as Christians. He wants to show people around us that when Jesus is the center, when he's supreme, when he's number one, when he's on the throne of our hearts, he makes a difference. And he can do the same for each and every one who will open their hearts to him in faith. Finally, the transfiguration didn't happen so that the disciples could brag about it to others. That's not why Jesus took them up to the mountain. I can see Peter on the way back down the mountain saying, John, I can't wait to tell the other guys about this one. They are going to be so jealous. I cannot wait till they find out what we just saw. And then Jesus turns around and says, oh, oh by the way, uh, don't, don't talk about this for a while. Ah, man. You know, they, they wanted to. I'm sure they did. But Jesus said, I didn't take you up on that mountain so that you could brag about it to others. Why did he take him up on that mountain? because he wanted them to be changed. He wanted them to be transformed and changed and have a different perspective. And and you know, folks, God wants us to be changed as well. He can't change the world around us until he changes us first. He's got to start with me. And when my heart is changed, then then he can begin to help others and, and his spirit can use me. But, but we need to be praying, Lord, before I complain about the world around me, before I complain about my nation and my politicians and everything else, I need to first let you transform my life. It's wonderful that he saved you. But Jesus wants to make you like himself. By his Holy Spirit, he wants to sanctify us and make us holy so that our lives, our families, our words, our actions will reflect Jesus and show Jesus to the people around us. And and that's why he, he wants us to come down from the mountain, not so that we can brag about it to others. Sometimes when I hear people saying, oh, I had, I had this amazing dream or this miracle happened in my life, I think that's wonderful, but how did it change you? What did it do to make you different? Because that's really the, the real test. And God wants to change us. And, and our greatest prayer, even if we don't see the fruit all the time, should be, Lord, change me and change others through me. And that's why it's such a joy for me when I see those moments where God is changing people. Just a couple weeks ago, we finally were able to have a youth conference for the churches of our region. And as always, I was 
given the blessing of preaching to those youth. And we had about 300 youth pack into this church. And, and you know, because of COVID for so long, they had not been able to gather. They were, these young people were so excited about gathering together for fellowship, finally, after all this time. And, you know, when I gave the invitation at, at the end, and I saw a crowd of young people come forward, Ukrainian young people, and not just Ukrainian young people. My daughter, Delina, came forward, which was such a joy for me as a father to pray, to seek the Lord, and to repent of her sins. And when I saw those young people, my heart was thrilled because I, I, saw, I saw the Holy Spirit changing people so that he can then take them into their schools, into other parts of Ukraine, wherever they're going to be, and make a difference. God doesn't bring us to the mountain so that we can brag about it to others. He does it to change us so that we can be a blessing and, and reflect Jesus to others. And so my encouragement to you is whether you're on the mountain or in the valley, whether you're in Ukraine or America, let me just challenge you and encourage you today. Be a missionary. Be a light in your workplace, in your school, in your church, in your family, in those places where it's not always easy to continue to shine for Christ. Ask the Lord today, God, fill me with your spirit anew and afresh. Sanctify me today so that I can show Jesus to others around me that need desperately in this world to see Jesus. And in closing, before I ask Pastor Peter to come up and pray or however we're going to close, I want my family to come up and we, we want to share our prayer. A, a song that is special to us as a family because it's our missionary prayer. And I want you to not just listen to it as our family's prayer, as a hymn that we sing, but I want you to make this your prayer this morning. And as you hear these words, I want to encourage you to make them your words from your heart to Christ today that he would send you wherever he wants you to be to be a light for him.
just uh, read a scriptural blessing over the Sobe family and for all of us as you emphasized the supremacy of Christ we have this great example in Colossians that you didn't have to be on the mountain that day to come to that conviction that Christ is worthy and supreme the apostle Paul is someone who wasn't on the mountain that day but this is what he wrote for all of us and I uh, pray is true for you as your family continues to grow and spread out across the globe that you would know this to be true for you as it is for all of us. That Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God 
was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the preeminent one, that you hold all things together. We pray that for uh, Scott and Oksana and the family, as their family spreads out, that you would know, uh, that they would sense and experience your holding them together as one family, even as they're spread across the globe. And that we would know that ourselves, that as we all scatter from this place and go to different callings in our homes and in our work and in our neighborhoods, that with you as the head of the body, you are with each of us everywhere we go. And you are the one who is worthy as the great king who holds all things together. We thank you for this in Jesus' name.